Welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. For business communications, training, and marketing, Corporate Podcasting Smarter is for enterprise-level and professional organizations and is an official podcast from Podbean. We feature interviews with industry experts, learning and development use cases, podcast network advertising best practices, and helpful tips for how to get the most out of podcasting within your organization or media network. Hello, and welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events, and today's episode is a replay of our live event, Why Employee Stories Matter, with Hilary Kwiatek of Lehigh University, where we get into how to build community by having an employee podcast, the importance of telling those stories, what the impact has been, and so much more. Stay tuned, and here we go. We are so excited this month to welcome Hillary Kwiatek from Lehigh University. And this month, we are speaking about why employee stories matter. Corporate Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetization platform and have an incredible enterprise solution that many higher education institutions and large corporations and organizations utilize for podcasting. So Hillary, we are so excited for you to join us today and speak about Lehigh University's podcasting initiatives and your show, The Spotcast. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I was so delighted when you invited me to be here. Absolutely. So I mean, podcasting for universities is something that just, you know, intuitively makes so much sense. Um, So before we dive in, tell us a little bit about your role as an employee communication specialist, which we couldn't quite fit into your tech, (laughs) and Lehigh University's podcast, The Spotcast. Sure. So I've been at Lehigh uh, for almost exactly 12 years. My anniversary was last week. And um, I've been the employee communication specialist that whole time. It started as a part-time position, and I wrote um, a monthly newsletter that uh, still went out in print to some 28 of our employees who simply refused to read it in their email. Um, And then we had a benefits allocation review going on. So that was the full extent of my job. Um, But pretty soon into it, they said, we want to innovate. We want to be better at this. Um, And they kind of let me go um, and do whatever I wanted. So I started some social media. Uh, we transferred our newsletter fully digital. Um, those 28 people I think have retired by now. Um, but they just had to get (laughs) over it and read the newsletter online. Um, and, uh, and my job also has a dotted line to university communications. I work in HR. I, I sit in HR. Um, so also got involved in, in, in work there. Um, and then we started doing employee employer branding, um, really looking at hiring more as talent acquisition. Um, I started doing video. Um, we we got more and more into that. Um, and I think just sort of as a natural progression from all of that, um, I pitched a podcast to my boss saying, you know, at the end of every interview I do for an article, or for a video that's only three minutes long or 600 words, I have all these other great stories from this person and they're fascinating. And I think more people should get a chance to hear them. Um, And so I managed to get an intern because I have no budget. um, And the two of us put our heads together and we launched this podcast um, before the pandemic. So in, in fall of 2019 is when we started it. Yeah, absolutely. And for everybody out there listening 
this podcast is a beautiful show that Hillary produces with, you know, the spirit of community at Lehigh University, which is so great because you're hearing the employee stories and each episode really highlights a different employee and what they do at the university, how they got there, what department they're in, you know, what degrees they got to run that department and how it all fits together. But you also hear about their human story, right? You hear about their journey as a human being and how they got this odd job that led to this other thing that led to something else that led to, you know, somebody seeing them sing at a Christmas party to being invited to, you know, be part of a play in South America with a theater group. Like, it's so interesting because a lot of the time I think in our careers, you know, things aren't linear and there's a lot of pressure to explain that in a linear way. <laughs> and what you do is you really celebrate how, um, how nonlinear our, you know, our careers can be, um, especially within education. You know, a lot of experience that uh, people within education and universities have is that lived experience. And it's not always a perfectly straight line. The, you put it so well. And I think that uh, with each episode that I've recorded, um, it has confirmed for me that um, we need to tell these stories because people are worried about gaps in their history or weird, weird offshoots that they've taken. Um, and folks need to know that um, it all, you know, when you look back, it all kind of lines up. Oh, this is where I was headed. Um, so, yeah, the stories Mark Wilson told in his interview, um, the head of Zollner Art Center, our our performing arts center, um, you know, he he taught us such a great lesson in there where he said, I, I learned how to just say yes and figure things out after that. Like if someone else saw something in me um, that I didn't see in myself, I needed to examine that. I needed to take that chance. Um, and see if I can see it in myself as well. And that's how he ended up going from, you know, the only black kid in his school in Iowa to, you know, international opera stages uh, and now to be running a, a large performing arts organization. And so, yeah, each each of the interviews has been like that. And um, I always come away um, amazed. I love conversation. I love to talk to people. I love to listen to people's stories. So the way that this podcast kind of evolved is very much in keeping with just kind of my approach. It's, it is, I guess, in a way, a very personal podcast for me in that sense, even though it's um, ticking a lot of boxes for us from an employer branding and an employee relations uh, perspective. Absolutely. And when you, when you think about, you know, the brand of an employer, that brand is really made up of people, right? <laughs> and, totally. You totally. know, and people are human and sometimes messy and sometimes, you know, don't have traditional career paths, um, especially within the arts. You know, things can be, you know, very A to Z to B to F to G to X to M, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's something where, you know, showcasing and highlighting those stories, I think, really brings each person into the mosaic of the university brand as a whole. And it, it's so beautiful and celebratory of all the different kinds of people that it takes to create the community that a university is. Absolutely. Um, and we've interviewed the chief of police and our director of learning and development. Um, I've interviewed, um, you know, one of our employees who, 
runs our fab lab, sort of our fabrication lab, uh, teaches students how to do 3D printing and use, you know, welding and and sort of really hands-on tools. And these are students who are, you know, maybe engineering majors and have never touched a a tool in their lives. And they come to a four-year private, you know, distinguished institution where you don't think they're teaching you welding, um, but they are. Uh, And he started his work fabricating theater sets. And now he runs this whole program um, and, and is a woodworker. So he's, he's building furniture out of trees that fell on our campus during a hurricane. Um, It just goes on and on like that. And and I, I get excited for it every time I get to sit down in the studio with somebody. Absolutely. And I feel like a large part of HR, and we're going to get into more of, you know, the benefits and and the responses of the podcast, but a large part of HR, I think, is is in celebrating those stories of the people that create an organization. So it's just been so beautiful to listen to the podcast. Uh, we love it. And, you know, Thank you. within Lehigh University, what are s- some of the benefits that you've seen and what has the response been within within the employee population? So I think that that's one of the great things about doing employee communications is anytime I drop a piece of content, whether it's a podcast or an article that features somebody, um, I hear back from that employee, you know, that they are hearing from their fellow employees. You know, I never knew that about you. Congratulations on your master's degree, um, you know or your, your transfer, your promotion, you know, whatever it is that they're reading about. Um, and so most of the feedback that I get is via the interview ease. Um, and I love that. And then a lot of times they will post it on their social media, share it with their, um, their networks of folks outside of the university. Um, and I will see that on their LinkedIn pages. I'll see that if we're connected on Facebook, um, just people congratulating them, celebrating them. So I think that one of the big benefits is to that person themselves, um, getting some credit, getting some, some exposure, Uh, And it's one of the ways I pitch it to them when I want to interview them. I'll say, you know, this is great exposure for you professionally on campus. Uh, You'll get to meet people. Um, And then, you know, I can use snippets of it. I can use it in our social media to um, to reach our employees and to reach potential employees um, because all of our social media is is external social media. I don't we don't have anything that's walled off. Mm -hmm no intranet or anything like that. Um, and these, these podcasts are, um, out on Spotify and, yeah. you know, all of the podcast, all the major podcasting, um, services, um, they're, they're not walled They're on Podbean um, publicly. So I can use them, um, in other things that I do. Um, but yeah, I love hearing from both the, the people who work with the interviewee, but also people just from random parts of the university that will say, you know, I was listening to this on my drive home and I heard this story. I had no idea about this person. You know, it's, it's, uh, I can tell that it's reaching people on a human level and, and, you know, building community. Um, and, and given the fact that I had only released a couple of episodes before the pandemic and every other, every episode since has been, um, released during the pandemic, um, I think that it's it's had an important impact on people in that sense. You know, being able to feel connected and listen to um, colleagues' stories as well. 
Absolutely. And for everybody watching live, the link for the Spotcast is here so you can click it later um, and all of that. So don't worry. <laughs> We've got you covered. And if you do have any questions, you can drop them here in the chat. Um, and Hillary, it's so interesting because I think on a, on a human level, right, having that um, acknowledgement of, I see you, I want to hear your story, you're a vital part of our organization, and, and working with Employees 101 about how they fit into the mosaic that is the community um, must be so rewarding. And I think from specifically the employees that you've spoken to and whose stories we've all heard, it's something where I could totally imagine you know, everyone around them is like, wow, your journey is incredible because I think everyone has a story. And so it must really help build that perspective within maybe their own department, but the university as a whole to highlight the different journeys that everyone has. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I would, I would interview everybody if I could, I would kind of line them up <laughs> outside of the studio. And we're very fortunate that um, our library and technology services had the foresight to build a small um, digital audio studio specifically yeah. for audio. And I don't know that they really envisioned podcasting, um, for this studio, I think they thought thought that professors would use it to record lectures and things like that. Um, but I, uh, you know, I said, hey, I just raised my hand and said, can I use it for a podcast? And they, again, the community um, of and the culture of our library and technology services uh, is very innovative and open. And, and they love seeing people take their tools and use them for new things. Um, so you know, just making the podcast itself was another way to, to build community. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I could go into libraries cause I also <laughs> love libraries, but you know, as we move toward, as we move toward a time where I think, you know, a lot of books are, are digital libraries are becoming more and more community centers. So how fantastic Absolutely. is it that Lehigh's on the forefront of that with offering community services within the Lehigh community on, you know, podcast production or, or even a studio setup. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how has the podcast been part of your larger HR strategy of creating the community that Lehigh has? Um, and how does it play into your overall communications to promote the university? That's a great question. Um, and probably not one that I totally thought through when I decided to create a <laughs> podcast. Um, but in retrospect, it, it fits into a strategy of having different points of contact and types of content uh, to reach people in a lot of different ways. So we, you know, we are very much about meeting our employees where they are. Um, yeah. We've surveyed them and we know what they want you know, sort of how they want it to a certain extent. Um, and one of the things we know is that when something's super important, they just want an email, right? Well, that they're like, if you put, if you put it in my email box and it says important, they know, okay, I gotta, you know, read this, whatever. Uh, but then they also want, you know, short videos, uh, photo galleries, short, you know, um, articles, but and then they want longer form articles and, you know, longer things. Um, and so the podcast is probably the longest thing that we do yeah. <laughs> between 20 and 35 minutes, um, depending on the conversation. Um, and so it's, it's sort of on that spectrum of from, I only have a minute to, I have a 45 minute commute. Um, it's yeah. on that, that end of it. Um, and really giving people the chance to, to dive in. Um, we try to, again, tell career journey stories, um, yeah. in a lot of different ways, 
Um, every year we do an article about employees who um, who earn their graduate degrees at Lehigh. Um, we get free tuition um, for graduate uh, degrees at Lehigh for employees and for their dependents. Um, and every year there's six to 12 employees who are earning a master's or even a, a, a doctorate. Um, and so I always do an article and post, you know, go to commencement mm -hmm. and follow them around on so and put them on social media and things like that, celebrate them that way. People love that. Um, but then one of those people might be on the podcast and they'll get to hear a lot more about them. So in terms of where it fits in, it's, it's a deeper dive. So I don't have ex expectations that, you know, all 1800 of our employees are going to listen to every episode. Um, but that's that's where it fits in. And then again, like I said, it's part of that employer branding piece for the external um, communication strategy where we're letting people know what it's really like to work at Lehigh and who your absolutely. coworkers would be, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, on the podcast you mentioned, we're currently hiring. And I think it's such a great way to showcase what the culture is like, how fulfilled people are in their roles, what lights them up, what brought them to Lehigh, you know, what kind of got them there in terms of the progression of their careers and, you know, a little bit of that getting to know you. So I think mm -hmm. that's, that's so important, especially from an external standpoint as well. And internally, I mean, I think, yeah, just having that segment of, of showcasing the specific experiences that the employees are having at Lehigh University, because when people think of a university, you know, I would say top of mind, you're, the population you think of first is students, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who run a university and make it happen, right? So, you know, that's a that's a really great point. And, and I should say that um, one of the struggles that you have when you're doing talent acquisition for staff at a university yeah. is that people assume that the only people who work at universities are faculty. And we don't do faculty hiring in HR. That's done by the the colleges and the deans and the provost and all of that. Um, so they the handle faculty, that. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they handle that. Um, and so what we're really telling are the stories of staff members. And, and so just by telling stories of staff members, we're also sharing that information that we hire staff members. In fact, it's yeah. kind of a two to one ratio. We have about 1,200 staff and 600 faculty. That's pretty typical for a university. Yeah. Um, and so you're right, um, this year, especially with the great resignation. I mean, we're not immune. Every, every organization is going through a big yeah. upheaval in terms of turnover. Um, we're doing, we're going to be doing an even bigger push um, with putting money towards um, advertising and things that we haven't had to do in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, so I added that little promo at the beginning of the podcast this season that just says, you know, if you like what you're hearing, we're hiring. Um, go to this website and look at what we've got available because if someone's listening to this podcast, maybe they'd like to work at Lehigh. That's, that's the hope, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, you know, people who are featured on the podcast, who get to share their story, who feel seen and a part of the community at Lehigh are going to share it. Right. And so everyone in their community, maybe who have had parallel experiences that are valuable to Lehigh are going to see it as well. So it's definitely a fantastic promotion tool in that way as well. Um, and in terms of employee morale, right? Mm -hmm. Like to, to feel like your story matters, to feel like, you know, your story is a vital and important part of what makes your workplace and community what it is, I think is so important. I think so too. And, um, 
you know, there aren't a lot of places where staff stories are, are centered, right? Yeah. You know, if you look at most of our external communications, it is about students doing great things, you know, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and faculty doing important research, which is also great. Yeah. Uh, but we don't tend to, you know, issue press releases about employees who, you know, created a new system for doing something, right? It's, it's not, that's not what the university brand is about. And I get right. that because their audience is really, they're trying to bring in students, you right. know, so my job as the employee communication specialist is to really focus much more on, on our staff. And um, so, you know, I think it's, it's a win-win all around in that sense too. Absolutely. And what are some of the most surprising things you've learned from creating this podcast? Because there are so many incredible stories. Like it's really, and the storytelling, which we're going to get into later is fantastic. But like, what are some of the, some, you know, some of the deep dives that have just blown you away? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> so we already talked about Mark Wilson. That's yeah. the most recent episode. And I think that that one may have had some of the most sort of revealing and personal moments. Um, yeah. I'll just mention one more thing about that one. And that is um, the story that he tells um, of uh, his experience as being the only black kid at a school in Iowa and his yeah. first day um, at the school uh, is something yeah. that, you know, is really worth listening to. And I won't, and I won't give it away because I think it's, it's, uh, it's something you need to hear him say in his own tell yeah. in his own words. Um, but I will say that you'll hear me go, wow, <laughs> yeah. which I don't do very often in the middle of an interview. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, you know, um, Ainsley Lamberton, who is the director of administration for our research and sponsored programs. She's been at Lehigh, I think about 14 years and watching um, her over the years uh, and then hearing her story of um, how she has taken it upon herself very much to be a resource for our LGBTQ community um, yeah. as an out professional woman um, and, you know, sharing her life um, on a personal level as a mentor, um, that has also, that was also for me really moving. Um, oh, I'm going to forget now. Um, Jason Schiffer, our chief of police, um, who is someone who I knew um, before he, he came to Lehigh, just because I've lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for 20 years, and he was chief of police in, for the city before he was chief of police at Lehigh. Um, this is his retirement gig, mm. which is crazy. Um, his, his stories of um, what it's like to be a police officer, um, to do community police officer work, you know, riding, being a bike officer, um, also really revealing, really interesting going a little deeper about um, how to stay, how not to get cynical as a police officer, especially when yeah. you're doing overnight shifts and things like that. And that story, that piece um, is something that um, he's, he's a different kind of police officer. He's definitely um, someone who, you know, as a lawyer represented like transgender youth and, you know, yeah. bathroom cases and schools and things like that. Like the things that he's done, he's doesn't, again, not a typical police officer trajectory. Uh, and yeah. during the, um, after the George Floyd's murder um, and during the protest summer and, and all of that, he was very involved. And um, so we re-aired, you know, we kind of reposted his, his interview yeah. um, for people to kind of listen to that and, and hear that story as well. 
I think those are those are a few examples I could go. Yeah, on, no, absolutely. It's, I, mean, I want people I, to listen to the broadcast. To the, absolutely, to the yes, and the links here. But it's definitely something where the stories of your employee population are so captivating, um, and the way that you you know really kind of tease them out, you know, and 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 really work with some of the incredible experience that the employees of Lehigh University have had. Um, what I mean in in terms of in terms of the culture at Lehigh University, how does the po- podcast showcase those values? Because it's something where the university, I mean, you really feel kind of like you're you're part of it in a way. <laughs> so speak a little bit to that if you can for a minute. Sure. Um, so we have principles of our equitable community. We have core values. Um, you know, our, our values include inclusion and equity. Um, we are working to be an anti-racist university. Um, so that's all certainly, uh, very important to us and, and a piece of our values. Um, but also things like, um, just a, a practicality where we are a university where people roll their sleeves up and they do stuff like our students do stuff. Um, and our and our faculty do stuff, and so do our staff. And so uh, I think that that is very much reflected um, that piece of our our um, our, our, pra- our pragmatism as a as an institution. We are kind of like a, a mid sized uh, private university. We're in the top fifty in the country by rankings, and um, but we only have about five or six thousand undergraduates. So we're kind of on the small side in that sense. Um, but we um, uh, a past president liked to say that we wrestled above our weight, um, and we actually have a national, <laughs> a nationally uh, famous wrestling program. Our NCAA wrestling program is is definitely bigger than would be the, for for a size of an institution like ours. So that's always very much like we're scrappy, we're pragmatic, um, and um, curious. Um, our employer brand is part of, is part of our university brand, which is. Um, you know, you bring the passion and we provide the possibility. So that's something that I very much try to showcase and, and weave into our conversations about the opportunities that folks have had um, when they got here to, um, in some ways, create their jobs and to shape their shape their path at Lehigh um, just by raising their hands and saying, I'll do it. That's, that's a big piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can hear in each one of the interviews, how passionate the employees are about their roles. You know, it's something where, you know, it doesn't seem like it's uh, a university where, you know, you're just kind of punching the time card. (laughs) It really seems like a culture where you're passionate and you're diving in and you're going for what you want. Um, And so I think that that that's fantastic. You bring the you bring the passion, we bring, we bring the possibility. Passion, we provide the possibility. So so I kind of melted that down, distilled it into um, where passion meets possibility, right? So the, yeah. the brand value is is the piece, you know, you bring the passion, we provide the possibility. And I just said, that's too long. <laughs> it's where passion meets possibility. Um, and I, and yeah. I do strongly still believe that. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm living it myself again, you know, going yeah. from um, the employee communications program we had 12 years ago and, and sort of what I've managed to create, um, part of it is my inner, um, 
core. I, I'm easily bored. I am always looking <laughs> for the next shiny object. Uh, so right. I, you know, um, I, it's so funny. Like last week I was like, maybe I should start a Twitch channel and I could do live <laughs> employee news broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I should do that. Or should I use YouTube? You know, like I'm always right. thinking like, what's the next place where my, where my employees are. I have not started a TikTok, however. I just, okay. No TikTok okay. Not me. yet. I'm not, not saying yet. never. Not the yet. The university has a TikTok. The admissions department yeah. has a TikTok. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something where, you know, you really hear that passion in the podcast, uh, through the way that you tell the stories and also how passionate the employees are about their career paths and their roles, you know, and just kind of saying yes to what feels very much like a yes within themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, totally. So it's fantastic. Um, And in terms of the university community, students, professors, and the surrounding community, what have the wider benefits been in terms of telling these stories? That is a great question, especially since lately, you know, there have been there have been a number of them, I think, Chief Schiffer, Mark Wilson, and then yeah. um, the head of our Lehigh University Art Gallery, uh, William Crow, who I also interviewed yeah. this season, um, who who really interact a lot with our community, with um, in particular South Bethlehem, the south side of the city is where the university is. Yeah. Um, and then Adrienne Washington also, who is our director of community relations. She was another person who I interviewed. Um, so you know, those folks are, um, out there in our community all the time. And so to have a, uh, have a conversation that I can share, uh, where people in Bethlehem can listen and get a little bit more about that person. So when they see them on the street, when they interact with them in a meeting, you know, Adrian goes to so many meeting on profits and all of all of that. And, um, or William is, you know, working on something at the art gallery, uh, where he wants to bring the community in more. Um, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity for folks to hear a little bit more about the person, get to know them a little bit more before interacting with them. And, and hopefully that helps build, helps build that relationship. Absolutely. Uh, the The main benefit. Um, I, I haven't, I mean, every once in a while, someone out there in the wild <laughs> yeah. will mention it to me. Um, but for the most part, uh, what I'm hearing more is is folks who who already directly interact with with those people, um, saying it helped them see a side of them they hadn't gotten to see sitting in a meeting with them. So, absolutely, and I think it's something where you know, hearing somebody's full story in their own words. In coming from a place of curiosity and vulnerability is powerful. Right. When you're sitting across from somebody in a meeting and nobody's really talking, you're listening to one person, you know, or you're, you know, doing your everyday job. Right. And you're kind of busy being in it. It's something where it really widens your perspective in that way. Yeah. And and brings that human element of it into focus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of the podcast from a branded podcast perspective, because as you mentioned, you can listen to this podcast on multiple podcast directories here on Podbean. Um, what are some ways that you promote the podcast? Um, well, every episode of the podcast gets um, included in an issue of The Spot, which is our e-newsletter. Um, and that is why it's called The Spotcast, because my first thought was this will be a piece of content in our e-newsletter. 
Um, so it lives out there on its own, but every employee um, gets pushed and, you know, gets pushed the episode um, when it comes out. So that, you know, that's right away uh, the main way. Um, but then I also promote it out on our social media channels. So we have, um, we, I created a, a brand called Work Life Lehigh, um, and uh, I can't take total credit for that because Duke University, sort of a role model there, they created their social media was working at Duke. So I created okay. Work Life Lehigh, and um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we have a new employees Facebook group. We have a Twitter uh, account. We have an Instagram uh account. And we're also, we also use our LinkedIn page, obviously, um, which isn't branded work life Lehigh. It's just Lehigh university. Um, yeah. and so I will, I will put that, I will put it out on that, those platforms, you know, throughout the month or two, um, I yeah. tend to spread it out. I look for, um, you know, I always either take a picture of my subject or get a picture from them, obviously. Yeah. And, um, so I'm going to like do a pull quote, um, and a picture and, and get it out there, um, tag the person if I can, because they will then share it and, you know, and it kind of goes from there. Um, those are the main ways really, um, you know, I don't have budget to promote, you know, like I can't do things like that. Um, but those are, those are the main ways. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what does success look like for the initiative? Because it's so niche in terms of the, the, university employee community? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's really important to look at your success in the context of your, yeah. right, your goals. So um, it's funny, I, I presented, I, I presented a, a webinar about, about this podcast um, recently. Um, and one of the other presenters uh, put up their numbers, and they were so big. And I was like, oh, and then I looked at how many employees they have. And I realized right. that their numbers and my numbers were right on track in terms of, you know, headcount because um, it was basically, you know, um, about 10 to 15 percent of their employees listen to an episode. And that's about where I am as well. So and that's, you know, again, it's not a huge number of people, but it's um, I think in the overall mix of things that it's a good number. And again, the, the return on investment isn't necessarily that every single employee listens to every single episode. It's a little yeah. more diffuse than that. And I, I love um, Tony Tse from Zappos, the, the late Tony Tse. Yeah. He said, you know, you can't, everything that's worth doing doesn't necessarily have a return on investment. What is the ROI on hugging your mom, right? So I'm not saying my podcast is as good as a hug from your mom. <laughs> 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 but it does things. That if it are, is, are, that's the quote. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a hug from your mom. Listen to the podcast. Um, no, uh, but uh, but I will say that you know if it if it uh, if it reaches folks in a way that um, is a little deeper, but it's fewer people, that's still okay with me. And my boss doesn't seem to have a problem with that. He thinks it's awesome. So <laughs> that's yeah. good too. Making your boss happy is good. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's something where the way that people ingest media is different across the board, right? And yeah. podcasting takes time for people to get into the habit of listening and subscribing and, you know, knowing when the next episode is going to come out and kind of building it into their routine. So it's definitely something that is more of a marathon than a sprint. Well <laughs> and said. Yeah. And it's something where, you know, 
Some people are really going to resonate with a short blurb in a newsletter and other people maybe on a commute or on a long walk, especially during peak COVID, you know, when everyone's, yeah. um, you know, wearing a mask and going outside by themselves in the forest on a walk. Uh, it, that's, you know, going to be a different experience. So I think it's, it's, it's important to diffuse that focus a bit across the employee spectrum. And I love the way that you phrase that. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I just think that after, you know, so many years of doing this particular kind of communications, you yeah. realize it's like, I'm not going to go viral. Okay. <laughs> viral for me is not the same as viral for, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever. It's just, that's not, that's not what I'm after. Right. But I think that there's that, that you feel like almost like you're in a small town. That's the feeling. That's the feeling that I personally get from listening to the podcast. It's like, oh, I'm walking down the street and I'm running into this person. I'm walking down the street and I'm I'm running into this person because, you know, it feels it feels so, um, yeah, welcoming and kind of you know like everybody knows each other and and cozy and familiar in that way. So the feeling is definitely there, and and I think that's also probably part of the culture at Lehigh more than a larger organization as well. Yeah. I hope we're conveying that. So I'm glad that you got it from it. No, we're yeah. getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very clear from the podcast. Um, so as season two continues on, because as you mentioned, season one launched, you had a couple of episodes out and then COVID hit. Um, and I think it's, it's been so great probably, and I'm just, you know, estimating here, but my assumption is that it's been great because, you know, while people are in our isolated isolated moments and our isolated realities. There's still that feeling of connection and community that the podcast is conveying. Um, and you, you do speak candidly, you know, about it and how, you know, we're all home at this moment, um, or specifically what the situation is. Um, and in season two, you know, you, you speak to different, season two has just started to come out, which is pretty exciting. Um, but you speak to different employees about, you know, kind of what their COVID experience has been with Levi. Um, you know, some employees have started after COVID began. And so their entire experience so far as part of the university culture has been a digital one um, or a mostly digital one, whatever the case may be. And so I think it's something where it's, it's been really powerful. Um, But as, as you move more into season two and you maybe plan more for the future of the podcast, what are some goals you have for the spotcast moving forward? Yeah, I still have a few more episodes in the can for this season yeah. um, and a couple more folks who I want to interview. And so the focus of this season was um, employees whose work has been what was directly impacted by the shutdown, in particular, what yeah. their experience of 2020 was like. I, I The ones I have in the can I interviewed last summer, actually, before Delta, we went back into the yeah. studio. We were like six inches from each other doing these interviews. And then wow. we kind of had that sort of shutdown again in the semester when we had a big spike. And so, um, so even though I interviewed them a little while ago, the stories are still very, you know, very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. They're still all very relevant because we keep going through these waves and everything. Um, so I, so, you know, you can definitely look forward to more of these kinds of stories of folks. Um, Elena Key, our chief technology officer who, uh, you know, when the world shut down, had to flip a thousand classes to online, a thousand classes. Yeah, um, just, you know, that's how many sections of classes were going on on, on our campus during the semester yeah. 
you know, everybody went home, thought they'd be back in two weeks. Oh, we'll just do two weeks of virtual, you know. Um, so talking about that and then, um, you know, uh, 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 Jenna, who's our head of fitness, you know, talking about, you know, how do you do fitness classes like when you've never done virtual fitness before, things like that. So there'll still be more of that. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I love conversation. And so I tend to do these single person interviews. Um I am thinking about other formats um, for season three in terms of um, perhaps more um, things that would come out in, in closer to real time about topics. Um, so we've got our flex place policy and our fully remote policy. And now we're working in all these different ways. Do we want to have some conversations about that? I might have more than one person in the studio for that kind of conversation. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to say I, it looks like I've got an intern for next fall. Uh, so yes. I will have that opportunity to uh, to really yeah. uh, bounce things off of another person and, and, and work on it. It's always great. Our journalism department is wonderful and they have journalism and communication students and um, they each have to do an, an internship as part of their degree. And yeah. so some of them choose to do them within Lehigh and, and we, we really benefit from that. They're just the smartest people. And um, and I ha and just one brag, um, one the, the Emma, the student who helped me launch this, the, this podcast in, in fall of 2019, um, she has now gone on to uh, a career in podcasts. So she's working in the podcast uh, world. Amazing. Um, oh. and, and like launching yes. our podcast was was the reason why it was able to happen for her. And so I'm, I'm excited about that impact that 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 we've had as well, you know, so. Um, so, yeah, I, I am definitely thinking about some format changes, um, even though I love the longer format conversation and probably won't drop that. I'll probably just add a second podcast because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to talk a bit about adding additional podcasts in a second. But I think the production, the production quality is so beautiful. And I love what you said about your intern, you know, really kind of jumping in and making her mark in podcasting. You know, it's something that is a medium where, you know, when the bug bites you, you, you just really, you love it. You know, all of us in podcasting are, you know, it feels like such a personal medium. And we talk about this all the time at Podbean, right? You feel like it's you under the covers, you know, or in your closet with a big, with a big blanket over you, you know, with your microphone, like, world, you know, <laughs> like a very kind of isolated experience. But podcasting is incredibly communal, incredibly social, whether it's from production to, you know, live in-person podcasting events to online forums to episode swaps, which a lot of podcasters outside of organizations, independent podcasters will do. Um, so it really is quite a social medium. Um, and the way that stories are told and the way that we perceive audio is different than video or is different than print, right? Because, and especially nowadays in the world that we live in, especially with smartphones, because the same headphones that you are talking to your mom on are the same headphones that you're listening to a podcast on. So it feels intimate in a way. It's very intimate. And I mean, I'm, I'm a public radio nerd from yes. way, way back. And for me, yeah. so Terry Gross was like the gold oh. standard interviewer. Oh. Right? So I love Terry I just, Gross. I'm sorry. Right. I'm just the biggest, no, no, right? so biggest I, that's fan. What I, that's what I aspire to where these conversations yeah. where yeah, yeah, you have it in your ears and, and it's like the person's really in your head. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that, um, 
you know, I've, I've, I've benefited from was the fact that I have, um, experience. I, I worked at a public television station. I've done on air, you know, pledge drive, live pledge drive, things like that. So I was used to having heard my own voice and, um, maybe don't love it all the time, but you know, I think those are things when you're making a podcast, you think, Oh, I hate my voice. And and the people who you interview will say, Oh, I, I don't want to listen to it back because I always let my employees who I interview listen to it before I put it out in the world. I want to make sure yeah, they're showing free publish. The self that sure. they want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not like a gotcha journalist. I always tell people <laughs> when I interview them, I'm like, this isn't 60 minutes. I'm trying to make you look good because you right. Of course, especially within um, the university. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, but everybody, you know, you. nobody yep. wants to have their, nobody wants to have their picture taken and nobody wants to hear their voice back. Right. right. Those are the two things people hate. Um, but I think that the quality of the studio that we have, and uh, I try to create a relaxed atmosphere, people's voices show their personalities. And yeah, I love listening to in, in my earbuds as well. I'm the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And and what are some of the ways that you kind of prep the interviews and prepare questions? Yeah. So my questions are fairly standard. Um, you know, I will look in a little bit to what the individual person's role is and things like that. Um, but my, my standard sort of process is a pitch to them. Um, and then, you know, if they say yes, I, we schedule a 15 minute pre-production conversation Mm -hmm. and that I kind of stole from talk shows, right? So talk show producers, they always do a pre pre interview to, you know, get stories and to, you know, to sort of, prep the host of the talk show about what to ask the person. Right. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm wearing all the hats. So I'll do a 15 minute conversation with them. And generally we've done those over zoom for obvious reasons. And, uh, and um, they always want to know what the questions are going to be. And I always try as hard as I can not to tell them what the questions are going to be because (laughs) then they will rehearse answers. They'll, they'll write things and memorize them because people in general, you know, you're interview, you're not interviewing TV stars. You're not interviewing people who get interviewed all the time. Right. So they're, they're nervous about it and they want to, they want to, um, feel articulate. Uh, so I always try to just give them very general ideas. We're going to talk about your career journey. I just, you know, I want to know more about you and then talk about what you do. And, you know, so I'm not going to tell them specifically that the first thing I'm going to ask them is, did you always, you know, when you were little, did you want to be the director of a performing arts organization? You know, I'm right. You know, but that's often the way I'll frame that first question, because usually the person will be like, no, I thought I was going to be an astronaut, you know, right. and, and so the conversation just gets rolling that way, you know, yeah. Um, So I think for me, it's important that they not be too rehearsed. Um, And then when we get together and we sit down for the actual conversation, we talk a little bit beforehand um, and I may start the the recording a little ahead of time and I tell them, okay, I'm going to do this little intro and blah, blah, blah. And then we're just going to have a conversation. Um, And I do edit you know, I, I don't do it just live to tape and, and then air it. So there's room for them to start over if they fumfer or um, say, oh, you know what, maybe don't include that. Or, you know, if there's a long pause, I can cut it out. <laughs> so, Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
obviously you're going to show people in the best light possible, right? (laughs) Or with the best editing possible. I don't know what the audio analogy there is, but I think I, I love that because, you know, when we get the exact question or when there's something so specific, it's really easy to, you know, kind of flub some perfect answer we have in our head that can either you know, come off a little bit unnatural or a little bit overly wordy or over-explanatory instead of natural. And so just really focusing on that natural voice is is vital, you know, in terms of showcasing those stories. And I, I mean, I love what you said about Terry Gross. For the, everybody watching, listening, she's the host of the radio show Fresh Air, which is like a cultural zeitgeist, I would say, in terms of interviewing across the spectrum books, music, movies, politics, just, you know, and the way that she interviews is very natural and the flow of the conversation feels very natural. So I love that that was your inspiration and you have that public broadcasting experience as well, kind of, kind of dovetailed with that. So that's really beautiful. Um, I always wonder, you know, how many people she's inspired with her interviewing. Yeah, probably a lot. Style. Right. It's so interesting, you know, cause some of the interviews not to not to go off on a tangent, but, um, they'll rebroadcast interviews sometimes, you know, from 20 or 30 years ago and her voice sounds different and her interview style is a little bit different. Um, and so it's as a podcaster and I'm sure you can relate, right? Your first episode is different than the one you just put out. And so it's definitely something where it's a journey and, uh, as podcasters, it's something where, you know, you have to let go of any preconceived notions that you're kind of that you're going to come out of the gate and be perfect or flawless right. or right. exactly. And even if you are, your concept and your show and the way that you produce it is going to change as well. Absolutely, and I think that that's great advice for any kind of communication work that you do. Yes, um, as, you know, when you're trying a new format, when you're trying a new uh, content type, a new medium, just be prepared to kind of suck a little. It's okay, you know. Um, and people will forgive you. <laughs> people, most people won't notice most of what you think is like, oh, so cringy or whatever. Um, it, and eventually, you just you get you get better at it. And that's the only way to learn stuff. And, and in communications, you have to stay relevant. You have to stay on top of all the new tools and and the new yeah. media. Um, and so you're just never going to be great at it at the beginning. Nobody is right. And I think in terms of of staying on the pulse of things, it's, it's more important to get the information out there a lot of the time than to focus on being perfect. And of course, you know, there are those times where that extra three hours of editing is worth it. (laughs) Yeah. You have to pick your battles on that. I mean, video is a great example of that, right? Like sometimes a video can be, you know, like some, a few photographs and a, and a canned, uh, template, uh, you know, graphic kind of thing and, um, get it out there, get it, get it, get it out there. Um, and sometimes you want it to be like a two minute mini masterpiece and you, you know, need to spend weeks on it. So, um, you have to determine the level of, of, um, investment that you need to make in, in any piece of content that you're going to make. And the podcast is like that also. Um, and, and, you know, I do all my own editing now. Emma Emma wow. did the, the first few episodes and then her mm-hmm. internship was done and then COVID happened. And so now I do all the editing and, and I do it on Audacity, which is a, a free um, software. Yeah. It's kind of a blunt instrument compared to something like Adobe Premiere Pro, which is what I use for video. Um, and 
you know, each time I do it, I get anxiety because it's like, do I remember how to do this? Because I don't do them all at once. So I, you know, the more you do something and the closer together you do it, the better, the less anxiety you'll have about it too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you refine not only your skills, but your style as well. Yeah. Um, and I love the intro of the podcast with the music and everything. So how did, how did that kind of come into being? Um, well, I mean, again, Terry Gross, other, other NPR, <laughs> other public radio yeah, yeah. Uh, shows, you know, you got to have your intro music. You Absolutely. Gotta, right? So, um, so Emma and I, my intern and I, uh, we yeah. went on Pond 5, which is a great mm-hmm. source for inexpensive licensed music. Um, yeah. And uh, we listened to a bunch of tracks and that one just kind of, it just spoke to, to us in terms of the, the yeah. dynamic of it. Um, and we just kind of figured out which one we wanted. Um, we did have a conversation with Pond5 because we, we were putting this into a podcast and we wanted to make sure we were paying at the right licensing level. It's important to pay yeah. for your licensed music. Don't get in trouble. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have a blog post so, about that as well. If you check out the yeah, Podbean blog. Very, very yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, what's funny is, of course, it, you know, it's a piece of, of licensed music. So it's out there mm-hmm. in the world. And one day I was listening to, I was watching a commercial. I was watching TV and a commercial came on and I heard my music in the background. I was like, that's oh, my wow. podcast music. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, you know, um, so you create that music bed and you record that intro and then you yeah. put them together in your software um, and save it as its own piece. And then you can just, you just tack it on at the beginning, you know, each time. And, and so then, you know, that when you go out of that, then start the live conversation, you know, my guest today is and all of that, but, um, having that pre-recorded is, is handy. Um, and I do think it's important to have like a signature, um, piece of music, um, that, that intros you. So it's, it's kind of part of your brand and in your podcast. Yes, absolutely. We had um, Mark Rako, who's the head of audio at Linktree, speak on our larger corporate podcasting summit last year. And he signatures that was so interesting, the way that he spoke about it, because, you know, your audience starts to kind of subconsciously and unconsciously respond to the specific signature, right? It's when we hear the same audio um, in a specific way every time, it really creates it further strengthens your relationship with your audience, but it also creates that, oh, I know what's next, right? right. And that sense of familiarity and trust within your audience as yeah. well. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, the podcast is such a great show. Um, and what we've noticed with a lot of organizations is that podcasting spreads, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once one department or one person starts a podcast, everybody wants in. Um, so tell us about some of the additional podcasting initiatives that are unrolling at Lehigh uh, with the employee population, students, faculty, and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that um, my podcast was really the first podcast by, um, I think there may have been some student sort of interview things that were kind of a podcast um, that the Brown and White, our, our student newspaper did. Um, but mine was the first of any done by like a staff or faculty member. Uh, mm-hmm. And it definitely, you know, kind of had a <laughs> had an impact. Um, while I was in um, production and hadn't yet released our first episode, um, Development and Alumni Relations 
dropped me an email and said, we heard you're doing a podcast. We're thinking of doing one. Can we meet with you and, you know, compare notes? Um, So now they have a podcast and it's called Go Getters. Um, And it's a little different because it's um, obviously more focused on our alumni community and fundraising, you know, those kinds of things. But, mm-hmm. but um, it started with the, the, the then president of the university being the, inter- being the interviewer, being the host. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now the vice president of development is the host right now. Um, and then some of the colleges got on board. So our College of Engineering, our College of Business, um, they both have podcasts now. Um, not sure about the other colleges. Um, and so it just, it's one of those things, you know, when I started our e-newsletter like 10 years ago, um, I started getting emails from around campus. What, what are you using to do that? You know, how do you, how do you make that look so nice? Right. And then I'd explain to them what I had done and all of these things. And I don't use a third party e-newsletter uh, client. I, it's all done within Gmail and with our Drupal web system and things like that. Yeah. So it's a little homebrewed. <clears throat> and, and so the same thing has been happening with the, with the podcast as well. And so um, I think COVID might have slowed things down a little bit for some folks, but, you know, I'm starting to get those emails again. And, and I'm delighted. Again, it's part of the Lehigh brand, right? It's part of our culture that we do uh, homebrew things, that we do um, kind of put our nose to the grindstone, figure things out for ourselves, and then and then create things. And, and I want to let, you know, a thousand podcasts bloom as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I do get a little jealous every once in a while if, if development <laughs> you know, snag someone that I wanted to, to interview. And then I think, can I interview them too? Or they'll interview someone I already interviewed. And I'll be like, oh my, I, I did, I interviewed them already, you know, so there's a little right. bit but it's very, it's very, um, it's much more um, collegial than competitive. I think it's, it's great. I, I encourage it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think within the organization, it's just, it's so fun, you know, to see how different departments tell, you know, different stories. It's really something where it adds that human element and fills out the picture, I think, for a lot of different organizations. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Hillary, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh. I know. It flew by. Um, Thank you again for joining us. For everyone who's joined us here live, this is Norma Jean Blanke. I'm the head of events here at Podbean. And we're joined today by Hillary Kwiatek, the employee communication specialist from Lehigh University. And today we spoke about why employee stories matter as part of our Corporate Podcasting Smarter series. And if you have any questions, you can drop them here in the chat or you can email us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Podbean is a podcast hosting and monetization platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. So if you have any questions, send us an email, hit us up. We're going to have the link to this podcast here in the description of our chat today. And Hillary, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Norma Jean. It was great. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this conversation on Corporate Podcasting Smarter. If you have any questions, want to hear more about our business solutions or get in touch, please reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting. Mm-hmm.